good to see you. It's good to be in God's house. I think uh, last week we had a you know, packed house, amazing service. But every once in a while, it's good just to be able to unplug. Just kind of have a uh, more of a laid-back service. And I, and I kind of think that's what we're doing today. So I want to welcome and, and congratulate every one of you that got up on time. And I want to say welcome to all of those that are watching online that did not get up on time. And it's, it's, a, it's a great day. I was just sitting over there thinking about uh, different times of life and when I was younger, uh, back, well, way back when, and in the 70s, I know, I know, it's a long time ago, but in the 70s, my, my family, they had a, a gospel singing group. I wasn't part of it. I was the one that was throwing rocks outside while everybody was inside worshiping. And, and, uh, but anyway, uh, I remember at one point in, in my childhood, my, my mom got rid of our television. We didn't have television for several years, and, and I, I believe that's where I really loved to learn to read. But I, I remember during that time that it was just when they were practicing and stuff, we always had pianos and an organ and guitars and, and everybody in, in the family, if they wanted to, to learn an instrument, they just went out and picked up the instrument. Within a few weeks, they were playing it. It didn't matter what it was. If they had an interest, they just played it. And I remember they, were, they would sing and, 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 you know, and practice, and it was just mellow. Just singing about the goodness of the Lord and, and being able just to have that atmosphere in the home was, was incredible. And it's kind of, kind of like that today. I, I want to talk to you a little while. I, I believe uh, we ended up in Psalm 103, verse 6. We've been going through the, the book of Psalm 103, or the, the 103rd Psalm, rather. And, and we've talked about what it means to bless the Lord, to kneel before him, to to pledge allegiance, to give your, your life to him as sovereign God, to surrender everything. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, my eternal being, and all that is within me, my emotions, my feelings, my thoughts, my attitudes, my actions, everything that comprises who I am now belongs to God. And it is a free will act on our part. If you want to kneel before the Lord, you have a glorious great opportunity now in this life to kneel and say, Lord, my life is in your hands. I, I trust you with my eternal destiny. I trust you with my attitude. I trust you with my actions. I trust you with my thoughts. I trust you with my life in this world and the world to come. Everything I am, everything I'm going to be is in your hands. I bless you. That's what the scripture is trying to convey to us, that it's when we do that. When we kneel before him, God gives us these amazing blessings. 
We talked about forgiveness of sins comes through kneeling before the Lord. Do you realize that, that everybody, I mean everybody, everybody at one point will kneel before the Lord? The Bible says that every, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Right now, you have an opportunity, and I have an opportunity, to, to bow not just for our eternal destiny, but to trust in Him and to trust in His Word that He knows more about what we need to do and who we need to become than we do ourselves. And, it's, and it's, sometimes it's difficult when we think it should be going one way and life just goes another. And it's in those moments that we need to trust in Him. We trust for our, for our forgiveness of sin, for healing, for redemption, for, for Him to satisfy the needs of our life. And we are in, in verse 6. Is, this is where I want to go today. If you would go there. He said, the Lord, this is the benefit, a benefit of, of, of kneeling before the Lord, of surrendering your life to Him, of offering your allegiance to Him. He said, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. Look at that for a moment. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. For anybody that's been wrongfully done, God works righteousness. I want you to look at that for a moment and ask yourself, who works righteousness? What he's saying is, he's our defender. I've told you this before, but, it, but it's such a great story because uh, it involves me. Uh, no, but when I was in, when I was in fourth grade, I, I went to a little... Uh, school that only went to eighth grade and, or sixth grade rather and when I was in fourth grade nobody messed with me not one person it didn't matter who they were I don't care how big they were and I wasn't very big I was so skinny I had to tie knots in my pants just to have kneecaps I mean I was skinny and nobody touched me not the fifth graders not the sixth graders because they weren't afraid of me. They did not want to be beat up by my sixth grade sister. Nobody likes to be beat up by a girl. And yet, I, I watched her because she was my defender when somebody was picking on me. I remember that was back in the days when girls didn't even get to wear pants to school. They wore skirts, and, and we got off the got off the school bus, and I remember throwing her book down on the ground and grabbing the, the Lawrenson boy that was about twice her size, flipped him over her shoulder, he landed on his back, she jumped on him and began to wail on him, just one fist after another. They never touched me again. How embarrassing. But it was great knowing that I had a defender that, that somebody that would take up for me. And this is what the psalmist is saying about the Lord, that the Lord is our defender. Have you ever been done wrong? Have you ever been falsely accused? Have you ever been put down? Have you ever been lied about? 
And you want to retaliate. You want to say, no, that's not right. This is not right. This is not the way it should be. That's not the truth. And yet the, the scripture is saying, the Lord is our defender. When times aren't going the way they should, it's the Lord that comes to us. Notice it's, he said the Lord. The scripture tells us that the Lord is our avenger. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Retribution is a work of God alone. And I know that, that sometimes we like to say vengeance belongs to the Lord, but I'm the tool he's using right now. The reality is vengeance, retribution belongs to the Lord. Romans 12, 19 says, Never take your own revenge. Never take your own revenge, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. When we're done falsely, when we're accused of things that we haven't done, when we, when we are, are oppressed by somebody that's trying to take advantage or, or when you find yourself in a difficult situation, when you know you were trying to do right and, and you're accused of doing wrong, when you are in that situation, you need to allow the Lord to do his work. The Lord is the one that takes vengeance. In 1 Samuel chapter 24. It's an amazing story. David has been anointed king of Israel. Saul is king. Saul has an understanding that he was anointed king by God, but because of, of his attitude in action, God said, I'm going to move outside of your family, Saul, and I'm anointing this little shepherd guy right here, and he is going to be king of Israel. And God's hand was on David, and he grew. And he grew in power, and he grew in authority, and he grew in favor of the Israelites. And Saul saw that, and Saul's understanding was, no, God gave me this throne. And I know the hand of God is on David, but I'm going to keep the throne for my son. And Saul began to try to take David's life. First, subtly, by sending him on missions he could not accomplish, but he did. And then, as a last resort, physically sought him with his army to take his life. And in 1 Samuel 24, David and his few followers are hiding in a cave. Saul and the army are outside. And the Bible says that, that Saul went into the cave to take care of some business. It doesn't say it that way, but that's what he was doing. And while he was in there, David snuck up on him. He had the greatest opportunity in the world to take vengeance on his own. To be able to say, there's the one that's following me. There's the one that's trying to take my life. And there he is, and he's, and he's already preoccupied. All I have to do is sneak up behind him and take his life. And yet he goes up behind the king 
cuts off the corner of his robe, and, he, and Saul doesn't even know it. And when he walks out of the cave, David follows him and says, My Lord, why are you following? Why are you chasing me? I had your life in my hands. And he chose not to take revenge on his own. He knew that God had called him. He knew that God had anointed him king. And he also knew that he did not have the right to be able to take Saul's life on his own. When you and I are, are living our lives and, and we know that God has called us to do something, when God has a dream in your life and, 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 and it seems like everything is going against that dream, that vision, that purpose, that motive in your life, don't retaliate against those that, that are going against you. Allow God to craft a victory for you. God allows difficult times and sometimes I don't know why he allows them but I do know he does and, and it's not ours to take revenge it's not ours to take re vengeance it's God and if you allow God to do his work he always comes out on top he goes on to say O Lord the God who avenges O, o God who avenges shine forth we can cry out for the vengeance of God we can cry out for, for the righteousness of God but we are never to take it on our own and here's the reason why. Hebrews 10.30 tells us this. For we know him who said it is mine to avenge. I will repay. The Lord will judge his people. Because we know what's happened, but we don't know the heart of, of the person that is offering you difficulty. When you look at at. at Paul, his name was Saul to begin with. He was wrecking havoc in the church, putting people in prison, having their lives taken from, him, from them. And the entire time that, that Saul was doing that, he thought he was doing the work of God. Isn't that amazing that somebody can actually think they're doing the work of God and actually being fighting against God? And you would have thought, I'm sure there were people that were in the church, Christians that were in the church, that maybe even some of the apostles thought, man, I really wish God would take this guy out. Because he's wrecking havoc with the believers in Christ. And yet, we didn't know that God was going to use Saul to change his name to Paul and use him to, to spread the gospel throughout the known world. See, sometimes all we know is the outside, but God knows the heart. That's why judgment is his and his alone. Because man looks on the outside, but God knows the heart. And it's not for us to determine why. We are just to allow God to be God. Notice that it says the Lord works. I love the word works. I love that word, works, works. You know what that means? It simply means to fashion, to accomplish. Like It's, kinda, you know, they, it's like uh, taking 
olives and pressing them to get oil. It's something that, that you have to take the, the circumstances at hand and rearrange them. He works them in such a way that, that he creates righteousness or the right thing. When we don't take vengeance on our own and we allow God to be God, he takes the circumstances that we find ourselves in and works them and fashions them and molds them and changes them into what is right. Truth always prevails. Remember Daniel? All Daniel was doing was what was right. And it was others that were jealous of him that caused the king to write a law that said nobody could serve another god for 30 days. Daniel didn't try to retaliate. Daniel didn't go to the king and say, King, these guys right here, they're trying to trick you because they hate me, because they're jealous of me. No, David, uh, Daniel just did what he knew he needed to do. And every day he went and prayed. knowing that if they heard him, he was going to be thrown into a lion's pit. And yet he did it anyway because he allowed vengeance to belong to God. And isn't it amazing that God took that circumstance and worked it and shaped it and molded it that truth did prevail. Not only did, did Daniel be able, was able to, to live through a lion's den. Do you know how stinky it must have been in there? Can you imagine what he felt? Being let down into that pit with lions, hungry lions. And the, in the men that were against him, listen to this, the men that were against him were rejoicing. They had got rid of Daniel, the one that was causing them to look bad, the one that was head and shoulders above them spiritually. And he, they were rejoicing, and yet God was taking that circumstance that looked impossible he was molding it and shaping it. And he, and he allowed it to look on the outside like nothing was able to save Daniel. And yet God, who molds and shapes and works righteousness, works what is right. And Daniel was able to be rescued because God these other guys forgot that God is the creator of lions and he can open their mouths and close their mouths. And Daniel was able to live through something impossible because he trusted in the Lord. And he allowed the Lord to do his work. He allowed the Lord to shape that circumstance, to fashion it. All Daniel did was what he was supposed to do. 
to love the Lord with all his heart, mind, soul, and strength, to pray and, and to ask God to, to, to strengthen his life. And that's all the Lord asks us to do. When you find yourself in difficult situations, don't take it upon yourself, but trust in the Lord and do what is right. And it gives God the opportunity to take and to mold and to shape and to flourish and to allow truth to prevail. How many times have, have you been in, and I, and, I, and I can see it right now, a lot of you are thinking, oh, I've been in those situations. I've been lied about. I've, I've been discredited. I, I've had co-workers that have said things against me, and, and, and I couldn't uh, retaliate. I couldn't defend myself. And, and yet we know that those things happen, but when we trust in the Lord, the one that is our avenger, he molds your circumstance to make it where you truth will prevail I love that he says not only that the Lord works that righteousness but that justice justice what is justice justice is judgment it's God who not only works what is right but he is the one that judges the situation and gives sentence to be able to set you free and to judge those that are oppressing you. See, when we allow God to be God and we allow God to work the situation, truth will always prevail. I was thinking about, thinking about the children of Israel standing before the Red Sea. Can you imagine what that felt like? They've been in Egypt for 430 years. Anybody that was ever remotely free has long since passed. They have been in bondage to, to the Egyptians for so long that their grandparents were slaves to the Egyptians and, and the parents were slaves to the Egyptians and, and now the children and they have this mentality that this is who they are and God says it's time for me to deliver them and, and I am going to and he sends Moses and then the plagues come and Pharaoh finally says okay just get out of here while there's still Egypt left and, and, ch and the children of Israel leave Egypt and they come to the Red Sea. To be honest, when, you, when you're there and if you're in Jordan and in Aqaba, you can see across. Uh, you can see across from Jordan over to the other side. It's not as wide as you would think it would be, but it's deep. I was snorkeling there once. I kept looking for chariot wheels on the bottom. <laughs> but when you go across, you can see it, and, and here they are. It's an insurmountable task for people to accomplish, and yet they're doing what is right, and it's Pharaoh that said, I'll let you go, and then he lied and said, I am not going to let you go. See, it wasn't the children of Israel. They kept doing what is right. But when they were before the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army was behind them, 
Can you imagine the fear? Because they had no place to go. Now, God put a pillar of fire between them. That would be pretty cool. But it wasn't until the Lord looked at it and he said, you have been doing what I have asked you to do. I'll take care of the situation. Just stretch forth that rod over the sea. And when Moses stretched forth the rod, the sea separated. And they walked through on dry ground. Isn't that incredible? That all of the, the Israelites walked through on dry ground, and when they got to the other side, Pharaoh says, well, if they can do it, I can do it. You see, when God judges, he said, Israel, you're doing what's right. You're going to get to walk through on the other side. But Pharaoh, you can try. And God judged Egypt. And the road to deliverance for Israel was the road for destruction for Egypt. God always provides a way of escape for his people. God always gives us the opportunity to be set free but we trust in him we allow the Lord to do the work we just do what is right and allow God to be the judge doesn't the scripture say shall not the judge of the whole earth do right I, I love what he's talking about justice he doesn't say for all the arrogant or, or for all the wrongdoers or for everyone he says, for the oppressed, the oppressed, those that are pressed upon, those that are defrauded, those that are violated, those who have been wronged, those that are exploited, all of those, God will look down and judge and, and, and give a decree of innocence. He will come and be your defender. What is our response? Our response is to turn the other cheek. Our response is to forgive continually. Our response is to continue to serve the Lord. Our response is to allow God to be God. Trust in Him. Trust in His ways. Even when you don't understand why. Have you ever been there? I remember when I was a 16-year-old. You know, you know your, one of your first jobs? I worked at Senior Bob's Tacos. And I remember I worked, I closed one night, and the next day I thought I was supposed to be there for closing again. But no, I was supposed to be there early, didn't know it. So I walk in late, like four hours late, three hours late, and the manager and everybody else was beside themselves. You see, they had come up $50 short, and because I came in late, they had already tried and convicted me of stealing $50. You ever been there? And, and they were looking at me, they were giving me the, the evil eye, and they were saying, why did you do it? And I said, what did I do? What did I do? Did I put too much cheese on that last burrito? 
I don't know what I did. And, and they said, well, there's $50 missing. And, and can you believe? And I said, well, just check the drawer another time. And when they checked the drawer another time and they pulled it out, would you believe a $50 bill fell down? Isn't that incredible? You ever been wrongfully accused? There's something about truth. I, I love, you know, if you always tell the truth, you don't have to remember what you said. It's the lies that you have to try to keep up with. But the truth, and the truth will set you free. The Bible says that God, which is the worker that works righteousness for all the oppressed, that takes those that have been wrongfully accused, those that, that know they are right and yet have just trust in the Lord, he takes your circumstance and molds it and shapes it and develops it. So you can be judged righteous because you have trusted in him and your adversary will receive the judgment that they deserve. I don't know who I'm speaking to today, but I, I do want to encourage you to trust in the Lord. I kind of have my own translation, and I don't do this very often. This is not the word of the Lord. Are you, you hearing me? This is not the word of the Lord. This is my interpretation, my translation of, of Psalm 103.6. And it simply says this, God crafts the circumstances of those that are defrauded, wronged into a righteousness and judges them. Hands down sentencing for all those who are exploited wrongfully. If you find yourself in a situation that, that you know you're right, give it to the Lord. If you were doing what is right, give it to the Lord. Trust in Him. Lean not to your own understanding. I'm going to ask our, our praise team to come back. If they would. And, and would you stand with me? Scripture says that at, at the end of time, and that's a, that's a great concept, end of time, no time. No more daylight savings time because there's no time to save. And by the way, pray for those that are elected officials that they would vote it out so we would never have to deal with it again. Amen. But in the meantime, the Bible says that at the last day that there will be no more time and we'll stand those that are not part of the bride of Christ, those that have not had their sins go before to judgment, uh, all will stand before the great white throne judgment. In all their lives, all the wrongs, all the rights, everything that's ever been happened uh, will be laid out. You're going to know what happened to Jimmy Hoffa. You're going to really know what went on in every circumstance in life. And the only ones that will not be there to be judged are those that have put their faith, hope, and trust in Christ. Because he has washed you clean. 
Isn't that amazing? That the God of creation, the judge of all the earth, looks at us in impossible situations and says, just do what is right. Just do what is right and allow me to be the judge. You do your part and I'll do mine. If you're here today and you're going through a difficult time, let me encourage you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. Would you pray with me?